Welcome to the Cryptomaniacs Podcast. Join Taskmaster 4450 and John G. Olson each and every week as they dive into the crazy world of cryptocurrency. If you are new to crypto or you've been through a few bear markets in the past, this podcast is for you. It's time to start the show. Welcome to the Cryptomaniacs podcast. I thought we were streaming everywhere, but apparently we're not. Uh, Very odd. We're on YouTube, though. There's people watching on YouTube. But for whatever reason, it hasn't gone through on Twitter, uh, and it hasn't gone through on Vim either. And I'm not sure why, because everything is set up properly. But, um, well, see, Blaine is watching, because he's here, and he's watching. I'm usually always watching on my phone, so. Ah, very nice, very nice. Task, how you doing, man? How was your How was your weekend? Hey, it was very good, very good. And here for another Cryptomaniacs broadcast, and John pulled the fast one on me, and I was totally surprised. Didn't know Blaine was going to be our guest today, and that lifted my spirits, and hopefully I can get some uh, and we can get some insider information into CTP and the plan since we know John won't say anything. I, I've been sworn to secrecy. And, I know, and, but and... May, may, maybe Blaine will backtrack the rules. And if he says it, it's okay. If you say it, that's against the rules. Dude, li- li- look, okay. So first of all, our special guest this week is uh, Dr. Blaine Jones. No, uh, Blaine Jones uh, recently retired now and uh, gets to sit around and punch code and, and keyboards all day long. Uh, uh, my my partner uh, and, uh, and fellow uh, degenerate, here on the blockchain as well as everything we're doing with ctp and listeners uh blaine graciously uh said you know what yeah i'll I'll come by and talk shop now what he reveals to you task i have nothing to do with disclaimer i have nothing to do with what he just what he talks about what he doesn't i'm literally gonna sit here like this the entire time sounds good we, we, we know you've been threatened with physical and virtual violence if you open up your big yap absolutely uh, yeah you know so we know how that works but you know you and i we sit in front of a camera we got to share something and so you know if we have juicy details we'll we'll share it we just can't help ourselves i it's we love it we love it blaine how you doing man good to see you i'm doing good uh just as a surprise as task is because about 12 13 minutes ago i found out i was going to be on this uh show today so you know, good times as always. And uh, yeah, I, I, I have threatened John with physical violence. He only lives a few hours from me and I'm vaccinated and I could just drive right up there and smack him around a bit if I need to. Um, but I haven't had to do that yet so because I don't tell him anything. So you, you, you also could hack his computer and put a virus in there just to like lock his ass up for a while. I mean, I could do that with almost anybody in our discord. Everybody will just click the link if I put it in there. So. <laughs> this if you click this link the listener's token will be worth 10 hive each everyone will click it everyone you, you want get, you want everyone to click on it you put the link in and say do not click on this link yeah exactly Th- that was actually a fun story that was actually one of my um 
my more famous uh, promotions back in the day, Blaine will remember this. Um, I used to put this banner up that said spam my forum or John Olson sucks. And these were the, the number one click-through rates I ever got on any banner ever promoted. They were going back 15 years when banners were still a thing. Right. Uh, but it's, it's your right task. It's don't do this or do a little bit of shock and awe and, and people will click. So who should we say the, the special guest is today? We'll say, we'll say uh, 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 Elon Musk is our special guest today and everyone will click and they'll see Blaine and they'll be happy. Click, click on this link and get a hundred doge free. hundred doge. hundred doge free from Elon. <sighs> and a chance one. to win a Tesla Model X. Yes. So, a chance. So Nobody's Blaine, winning it. So, Blaine, <laughs> yeah, I did like, like McDonald's. Uh, now that you're uh, to the full-time coder and out of the... Uh, out of your day job, uh, if you could throw out maybe, uh, well, what are we, halfway through, almost three-quarters of the way through September, what what does your next quarter look like? What's your, your priority list look like from a developer standpoint for CTP listeners, the different projects and apps you have going? Where, you, where are you going to focus your attention, uh, you know, in the near term? So I have a couple priorities that I need to get finished by the end of this week, next week, um, and then finishing off the the year or this uh, this first quarter FY twenty three uh, for all us business types now. <laughs> uh, no, first things first is uh, Hive Pay. Um, there is an issue with Hive Pay and the recurrent transfers from Hive, um, and I've had to I'm going manually through each individual transaction and making sure that it gets processed properly. And this is, it's taking a while because again, it's one by one and there's nothing you can do except go by one by one. And if you're looking at a couple hundred transactions a day, then it's a lot of stuff over and over. I was telling John earlier, I'm up to like mid March now, late March um, for all the transactions. So I'm slowly closing that gap, trying to get that finished off. Um, and then Hivepay is going to get some other things added to it. I'm adding uh, a place where the token owner can go and just look at stats and define how their token is priced because uh, by default, the token price is based off of the Hive Engine market price, the Tribal Dex market price, Leo Dex, they're all the same market, right? Off of that market price. But people are creating these diesel pools, which creates a price within that diesel pool for that token and people can trade within the diesel pools themselves. So that price can be completely separate from the market price. Now, the only difference is the market price can be easily changed. Um, if I got a couple hundred dollars and I want to just change, drop the token or drop the price of one singular token, I can do that. And then I can go buy like Hash Kings cards um, for a severely discounted price if I wanted to manipulate the market. So what they've done is created a diesel pool um, to stabilize that price. So what I'm doing is I'm allowing token owners, so whoever the name on the token is, they can go in and change it to the diesel pool price if they want to, because I've had a lot of requests and it's a bit time consuming for me to do it one manually, one by one. So I'm just going to give it all over to the owner of the token. If you want to do it this way, do it that way. What do I care? Um, so that's the main goal is just continuing evolution on Hivepay is priority number one. Um, and then we're looking at the index. I'm going to be reformatting some of how the index works and the way that it is uh, voting stuff 
My goal is to increase the rewards on the index as much as possible. For a long time, especially when uh, the chaos started, we were looking at two, three, four hundred percent daily returns easily on index. But now that all of that's tapered off, the returns have gone down. So now we got to continue focus more on that that long term passive piece of the voting and all these other ways to earn tokens passively and get that index token earning as realistically as much as it can because I'm the biggest token holder within the index and I would love to earn as much as possible with it. So if I'm letting myself down, that means I'm letting every single other person that holds one index token down. And I don't want that. I'm, I'm a fan of the index token. Uh, I'm one of the biggest token holders. And the fun thing about that is Blaine and I have never given each other a single index token. Every single one has been purchased at market price or off of the market that someone's selling it for. And for me, it's been this sneaky little way to stack uh, my favorite degenerate coin, the voucher token, um, <laughs> because it's Splinterlands and everyone knows I'm a Splinterlands degen. Uh, and the, the index is this really sneaky way that no one like talks about. Because again, people talk about the stuff that Blaine and I and Eliana do when things are, there's a monkey wrench in it. No one seems to mention, you know, except for Jimmy. Jimmy's awesome. Uh, but, but like everyone seems to just like, whenever there's something wrong, that's what people, but like index has been two years now of just steady paying dividends every day, not every week, not every month, not every quarter, every day. And it's just been this amazing token that Blaine and maybe Blaine can speak on this because this kind of might go into uh, a really cool topic for for hive stuff but Blaine has put the numbers down he's actually calculated the numbers he needs how many index tokens he needs to buy to basically live off of like dividends daily dividends he needs to he needs to get a certain amount of index tokens to live off of the dividends that this thing is paying out every day um passive income man without having to sell anything what a concept yeah i did uh I did the math about a year and a half ago, and it was hovering around 15 to 20% uh, daily APR on the index token. Now it's gone down a little bit. It's, in, it's somewhere between 12 and 15% right now. Uh, but again, when Chaos first launched, we were looking at two, three, 400% easily uh, every day that I was making uh, from just holding the index token. And I know we're not going to reach that percentage again unless we get lucky in some facet. Um, like we did with the whole Splinterlands chaos thing um, and the voucher drop and all these other things. But the goal is 20, 25, 30%. That would be absolutely amazing. So, yeah. What What is the price of the index token these days? Uh, well, we made this wonderful website, heindex.io. And you can go there and look at the current price in U.S. dollars is 22 cents or 0.43 hive currently. I'll, uh, I'll what's, the, what, what's the float on? What's the circulating supply on that? Do you know roughly off the top of your head? Uh, I can find out real quick. Uh, Hello, Edgar. Hello, my path. Of circulating is 165,000. And that doesn't include what the index holds uh, to sell. And that is, it should be about 23,000. Yeah, that it's holding on to just to sell. Uh, consistently. So what it does is every 10 minutes, it adjusts the price of the index based on the market price of the tokens within the index. 
Um, so basically when you buy one index token, you're buying a share of the 17, 20 tokens within the index itself. So, and then right now you can buy the index token cheaper than what the index is selling it for because other people are selling it. And I love to jump right on top of those. Um, and I bought a whole bunch this morning already. So <laughs> it, I buy it almost, almost daily. what's that? It, I just put the link up so we can just the screenshot of it, the he-index.io. Uh, for some reason, the chat is not working on, um, it's not pulling from YouTube. So um, oh. it's weird. I haven't having technical difficulties on the live stream today, but hopefully the recording comes in nice and neat. But if you do need the link, it's he-index.io, where you can get the list price for it, uh, links to Hive Engine uh, as well. And it gives you all the, the holdings, the rewards you're getting, um the rich list it, we're very trans completely transparent obviously it's on a blockchain so it's got to be transparent but all the information is there on the website uh that goes over absolutely everything to do with the token so again i may be biased blaine might be biased but uh we think this is the sneakiest little income token on hive that no one really talks about so we like it well it, it's amazing when you start to to look at this stuff and I guess you know with crypto we get we we get our our uh barometer way way askew people don't realize how big a return 30 percent annually is i mean that that's a huge return 20 percent is a huge return and you know people scoff at it and i got myself i don't know it's not a ton maybe 1250 eds tokens eddie earner tokens Mm -hmm. And this week it just went over and creeped. It's, it's closing in on 31%. And, you know, it's a token that costs one high for, for each Eddie and it yields 31% paid out in hive. It's like stuff like that. It's like people overlook it. it. And, and yeah, with what I have, I think it's like six or seven high per week. So, I mean, I'm not going to get rich off of it, but I put 1,250 hive in and I get six or seven hive a week. So in three years, uh, I'm, I'm square uh, on what I put in roughly and everything else is gravy then. And I don't think people understand if you have enough of these pockets. I mean, I got myself some index. I don't remember how many I got. Obviously, nowhere near as many as Blaine. But, um, you know, I, I jumped on that when you guys introduced it, got myself a little bit of stake there. And like you said, John, it just keeps paying out, paying out, paying out, paying out. I don't even know what the hell it pays anymore. You're, I mean, uh, I got, you're 10th on the rich list, sir. I'm 10th on the rich list. I'm, I'm still in the top 10. Well, maybe I'll have to, you know, be Blaine in there and buy a, a few uh, income tokens here and there. But uh, Blaine's a little addicted to it. Eh, well, you know, it's so I mean, it, it's this is what, you know, everybody comes to Hive and talks about, oh, upvotes and the, the, the downvote wars and all this other stuff. And it's like if you look around and you look at all the opportunities, even with limited what I consider to be limited infrastructure, uh, we still don't have a real robust, expanded smart contract uh, system. But in spite of that, you can look at a lot of different things. I mean, you get 20% off your HBD by dropping it in savings. You have the Leo finance stuff. Okay, that that incorporates 
uh, Polygon and BSC. Then you got Income Token on Hive Engine. You got SPI. You got LBI. You got uh, EDS. You got all these. You got Seed, which really isn't an income token. That's kind of more of a, an investment fund, if you will. But all this stuff is there, potentially offering 20, 30, 35, maybe 40%. And it's like, if you do that over a decade, you will be surprised how much money you have. I don't care what you start with, but you know, everybody looks at, uh, Oh, it's just a blogging chain. No, there's a lot more to this. Now hmm. oh, Blaine's still here. He's just, uh, his video froze, but he's here. I had to make sure. Yeah. My, uh, my webcam froze for some reason. And I don't know. Yeah. It, it only does this on restream. So I'm not a hundred percent. Yeah. Restream has been acting up. It's it's like I don't I'm getting uh, none of the chats coming through and it's just it's just it's been pretty rough this morning but it is what it is you know we we roll with the punches here man so uh y you're talking hive pay you got index going on anything else, like uh, maybe I shouldn't even mention anything I'll just let Task ask you the questions because again I don't want to upset well i mean you, you know my my number one question and i don't even i guess blaine knows what what the app is that i'm most excited about or very very excited about i can't say most excited because i don't know all the what you have on the drawing board but there's one special app that's kind of how should we call it john a retro app it, it goes back to to the uh earlier days of the internet and uh i'm really excited for that and Hope to see that shortly. Hint, hint, hint. So here's here's the thing about what uh, Task wants to see. Um, is, I'm, I'm still frozen. I keep trying to change the, the webcam settings to see if it'll... No, you're okay. You, you can hear you. You're frozen. Maybe I just need to buy a new webcam or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so the thing that Task wants to see, this retro thing uh, that'll bring us back to the days of stumbling around on the internet... Um, it's absolutely amazing. And what happened recently um, was, so the formula for the learning engine needed work. And I didn't have a good, uh, I don't know how to explain it. I didn't have a good grasp on what it needed. And then mm -hmm. one day I was sitting at home on my couch with my feet up, uh, drinking a Mountain Dew, and I realized what was missing. Um, so oh. I have... Everything, and I have these crazy uh, mind maps that I do, mm -hmm. and John loves them. He absolutely hates them, just, just doesn't like them at all because they're just too much going everywhere all the time. Um, and my wife looked at a mind map once when I was working on it. She's like, is that how your brain works? And I was like, yeah, that's pretty much what happened. Um, so anyway, I got it all planned out on the mind map, um, and I can start rebuilding the formula, the learning engine for it. Uh, but there are a couple things ahead of it that have to get done uh, before I can start working on our new uh, learning engine or continue working on our new learning engine. So hopefully my when I talk to John and Eliana about it with my plans starting uh, September 12th, because that's the first day that I'm full time online, um, it's going to be worked in hopefully by November is when I'll start being able to build it. And then I want to have like a beta version running so that we can get as many people in and using the engine um, as possible so we can start learning. And then I can find out 
what needs tweaked here and there um, because we already have a couple things that need to be uh, tweaked on it from John and Eliana's input. Um, but again, that's only two people. I need, we need a much larger uh, base yeah. of people to start looking at it and seeing what they think. So I, w I was going to ask how much, how much do you need think needs to be fed into the learning engine to have a, a viable product? And, and I don't know how you quantify that, but uh, you know, obviously. So the, the thing about it is it's, it's a unique engine for each individual person. Mm -hmm. So your engine would look different than John's engine or the way that it builds it. Um, so realistically, if I can get it to work for John and he loves it, it should theoretically work for everybody. But but it's still operating off the same code base. So even though it's individually catered to uh, one's, uh, I don't know the word, preferences, let's say, uh, mm -hmm. one's individuality, uh, it's still the same code set. And so to get the ability I would imagine, maybe I'm mistaken, to get the engine to the point where it can uh, separate John's preferences or John's individuality versus mine versus the Eliana versus, you know, John the Barber or whoever. Uh, I would imagine you have to feed in a lot of data to get to that point. No. Well, so that's based on individual data. My goal is. Um, one user uses it for an hour a day consistently for a week, and it should start there, start giving you stuff that you want to see. And obviously, um, like the, uh, the site of the past, we're not going to mention it. Um, the more you use it, the better it gets, right? So, um, 10 pieces of input is great. It's a good starting point, but a hundred is better. A thousand is better than that. 10,000 is better than that. A hundred thousand is better than that. So the more that it's used by that individual person, the better the better experience that person is going to get. Now, now, let's say John commits and actually follows through and spends an hour a day every day for ten days. He's the first beta tester, mm -hmm. and all that information goes into the search into the the learning engine. Now, obviously, by that point in time, John, it, it, it's very. Uh, it's got a nice profile of what John prefers. Does that feed into the main engine so that if Eliana comes in next, the learning engine itself has advanced, so it's a shorter learning curve for her, or is it still going to take an hour a day for 10 days for Eliana so that it can learn her individual likes? So it's going to feed into the overall piece. So when you first onboard and join or log in for the first time to the site, um, it's going to ask you to look at some tags. And I'm going to we're using the bubble version, so larger bubbles uh, for tags that are used more often than others. Um, so that's going to help off initially. But at the end of the at the end of the day, it's going to take that individual's input because you may click like the CTP tag but you end up not liking 90% of the content that comes from CTP when all you really wanted was Splinterlands. Mm -hmm. So the more it can be more accurate. Yes. If the tags that you pick are relevant, but again, we have a problem within hive itself where mm -hmm. people just tag every article and every piece of content with every single possible tag that they think might be applicable. Yeah. Um, so what we've had to do initially, we started with, uh, the first five tags 
on every single piece of content. And I've had to narrow that down to the, t the first three tags based on the content. And then we've even uh, gotten to a point where we're just auto muting certain tags um, before anybody gets started, unless they manually pick that tag. What, what would be there's an a, there's example a lot of, of a tag auto-muted? What's that? What would be an example of a tag auto-muted, like D-Buzz or Actifit? Or what, what uh, so initially, uh, it's like Actifit, yes. But also, it, I'm in America, John's in Canada, you're in Florida. Um, we don't necessarily want Chinese content, right? I'm not going to yeah. be able to read Mandarin by any means. So all that stuff is going to be muted for me initially. Oh, okay. Gotcha. But then the, the, the option would be there for if you wanted that content, you could check it off. Right. And then you start getting you can it always fed, add but be defaults, content you know. pieces. Yeah. Like tons of there's tons of Spanish content, loads of it on Hive, millions of it. I can speak three words of Spanish. I don't need to see Spanish content 24 yeah. 7, but I should have the option if I want it to see it. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And and so what I would suggest to everybody listening, it might be a good idea. And I, and I understand, I, I do the same thing. We, we use a bunch of different tags to get tokens to end up on those those uh, curation uh, boards or, or, you know, to end up on those front ends so we can get curate, curated. I would suggest going back through your old posts and making your tags, you know, the posts that are out of the upload period, go and change your tags to what's applicable to your articles, because that will feed into this system from what I understand. So if you're writing about cats and you have 12 or, or 10 tags, whatever's allowed, 10 tags that are just different tribes, go put in cats, go put in animals, go put in pets go put in whatever's applicable so that way when this is released and people start putting in pets let's say your content could show up yeah absolutely so go ahead task well what i was going to ask blaine is with this particular app i i've gotten john's opinion on air uh what do you feel? I mean, obviously, you're 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 optimistic about it because you're building it. But what do you feel the potential of this application is? Um, John has expressed that he really liked the original version retro ago. Uh, the problem was is is the timing was off. Now, one of the things that blockchain has a problem with is content discovery. So this may be a way to help with contest discovery. So you're bridging uh, two, two issues together, uh, uh, an app that timing was off with a, a need. But from your perspective, what do you see the potential of this? How much does it excite you? Do you look at this and say, you know, this is part of that game, that Web3 idea where this could evolve into something that's really magical? Yeah, so the biggest thing, uh, like you said, and that John had mentioned before, is the, the content discovery piece. Um, I personally never really got into the older model. John loved it and could not stop raving about it. And I listened to him just complain about it and whine about it the entire time I've ever known him and how amazing it was and why they shut it down. Um, but for me, it's not necessarily just content discovery so much as an 
a, a, an effective method for community discovery, because I don't mm -hmm. think, uh, like content discovery is a problem. Yes, I get that. But community discovery is the larger problem that we have here because we have the problem where people put 7,000 tags on one singular article because they don't know what tags they should be using on my mittens for kittens article. Whereas if I find out that there's five communities specifically for mittens for kittens, then I can tag those specific communities and allow me to do that. Um, so I like to look at it as not only a content discovery, but a community discovery engine. Very interesting. So if if I'm looking for basket weaving content and John is one of the foremost basket weavers in the world and on Hive and his content, every article, every video he, he posts with basket weaving, once I submit that link or, or that tag, excuse me, into the into my own individual learning engine, it will pull up all the basket weaving content. So John and his six fellow basket weavers, I will get all their content because now I'm tapping into that community. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, completely. Um, I think it's, it's, it's more of getting into the line of not just, so listeners is a content discovery. We get that, but it's just a randomized piece. Mm. I want stuff that specifically interests me. Cause again, at the end of the day, the stuff that I read and the videos that I watch online are going to be completely different than the stuff that John watches, even though we're partners in the same business. Everything that we do is completely different sides of the spectrum from, from uh, who we are and our likes and all of that stuff. So uh, oh, that's why porn is, has so many different categories. Exactly. Exactly. Still all born, but you know. <laughs> I, I it's something before we get too far off topic because you know Task will take this right to the you know what tokens, um, which are built on Ethereum, I believe. Oh, good, good. We even <laughs> went to Ethereum. Um, something that you know, and and this is it's almost like a blessing and a curse for Blaine and I. Um, the industry that we're in. We're seeing a whole lot of things that are now on blockchain that everyone's excited about. We've been doing this in our little industry for almost 20 years. And that, and what, what Blaine mentioned about the timing of it, um, the timing seems right for a lot of the things like, like people are like blown away. Like, Oh, imagine when, when you're going to be on the blockchain and, and someone's going to throw up an ad and you have to give them permission to show you the ad and then you get rewarded. It's like, We've been doing that for 20 years in our in our industry. I mean, that, that's that's what our industry was built upon. It's just the timing of it. Now it's incentivized. Now it's on a blockchain. Now it's 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 you know, it's and this tokenized. is it's tokenized. And this is the this is the, the 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 blessing and the curse, I think, of the CTP tribe as a whole. We have a lot of ideas, but getting the timing right is where we need to get better at. And I guess it's kind of like you just throw things against the wall and eventually something sticks. But it's also let's get the let's get this down to where okay now is the time to introduce this retro app now is the time to introduce listeners now is the time to introduce blogging you know building your brand on a blog that's tokenized um, these are all things that you know five years ago we were talking about but maybe not ready for adoption so yeah well one of the things I mean you're you're speaking John to a larger point with technology I mean how many great technologies and and i i look at uh video conferencing 
I mean, we all know video conferencing did not show up in 2020 with the rocket ship called Zoom. I mean, video conferencing's been around for, you know, Cisco was playing around with that in 2009, 2010. So, uh, you know, Dude, I was using this thing called Pal Talk back in 2003, 2004. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, you know, I mean, part of the problem was, I mean, you, you didn't have broad broadband enough and you know bandwidth was was too slow but you know it, yes with technology it's not only getting the technology right it's getting the timing right and that's where this this and, and blaine i may not have been as much of a degenerate as john with the the retro app but i certainly did use it i had it in my browser and it was really a uh it was really a a fun way i mean it was one of those things where if you had you know, 10 minutes, you were waiting for something to download, which, you know, on dial up, everything took 10 minutes. You, you sit there for 10 minutes and you, you go through this app and you just visit and hit up a lot of different sites and you get a bunch of content and, you know, maybe 60% of it, you're like, ah, I don't like that. But 40% of it, all of a sudden you say, oh, here's a pretty cool article and read it. So, um, you know, I'm excited for that. And I, I think you're right. I think the timing when you look at the needs of blockchain and, and maybe you're absolutely correct for from a community perspective i mean if if this hits what you're just saying with the community and finding communities that could be a major boom to hive yeah i completely agree uh and i want to continue to focus on that and push uh development in that direction while making sure that we get the content discovery down to a t so that learning engine is again, it's the brain of the entire operation. And without that, none of it would be possible. Because again, at the end yeah. of the day, I can just show you random articles on Hive, but we don't want that. We want you to see articles that are relevant to what you want to read and what you want to are interested in. So, Yeah, <laughs> now, what is the incentive mechanism? I mean, obviously you have Web2 apps are used by hundreds of millions of people, billions of people, tens of millions of people, depending on the app. I'm sure the retro app was used by hundreds of thousands and probably millions of people. So people will use applications, people play games, people do stuff without incentive other than pure enjoyment. However, we know one of the premises of Web3 the attention economy, rewarding people for their time, rewarding people for their input, rewarding people for their data, rewarding people for whatever. Um, how do you see the incentivization of this? Do you see this tied to some of the other tokens you've created? Do you see this tied in some way to listeners, to CTP and the tokens themselves? Do you see this as a fresh token? Uh, or do you see no token and here it is, it's just have fun. Uh, so we actually, uh, created a token for this thing. I'm not going to talk about it. Um, with thoughts on using that for incentivizing it. Uh, but as we continue to push forward and we've built listeners and we continue to build other apps and capabilities, our focus we've realized and understand should be the CTP token hundred percent mm -hmm. all the way. Um, so we need to continue to focus on building that. We may introduce an additional token to it, but at the end of the day, um, we don't want to pay people pennies for looking at a website. 
that's what we want to not do. We want to get as far away from that model as possible. Um, so like the old, uh, the old site had about 40 million users. I mean, if we could get a quarter of that, that would be absolutely amazing. That, and there's no incentive, in, there's no in, incentives. There's no incentives. Yeah. For, for those 40 million users, they just loved the site and used it like religiously, which is crazy to me. Um, so if we can get a good start without adding a token or some sort of incentives initially, I think we will be better off in the long term when we do finally decide to add a token to it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, what you're touching upon is is a across the board industry issue is people too many people think the tokenomics is what's going to garner the attention and at the end of the day you need to have something that people want to use i mean if if it's a game and this is one thing we were talking about in the last couple episodes because they were splinterland focused but one of the things that splinterlands did is and whatever the number is i don't know what the number is but there is a certain group of players Human players, not bots, human players who show up to Splinterlands each and every day because Splinterlands is a game they enjoy. And they enjoy the collectibles. They enjoy the investing. They enjoy the gameplay. They enjoy the strategy. They enjoy watching Bulldog and people like that's videos on how to be a better player. And you need something that people enjoy and want to use. And then the incentive is the gravy on top. And so I would agree with you if you have an application that historically was proven that, hey, there was 40 million people using it. It was Web2. It had no incentivization uh, uh, platform whatsoever. It was just come and use this and enjoy yourself and have fun. And, and, and this is what it does. Uh, so if you can tie that into what's already out there with CTP, and I don't know how you do it, um, but then, of course, you have the upvote, downvote, not tied to the blockchain. It's kind of an upvote, downvote, similar to listeners, where you upvote and downvote a uh, email. But that has nothing to do with the article and your voting power on Hive and, and none of that. So you, you always have that uh, ability to build on off-chain and build it in. But then maybe you can tie in something with CTP tying something with listeners, with staking or something like that to incentivize, hey, if you stake more CTP, if you hit whatever, pick a number out, 10,000 CTP, and you stake it, you get this versus if you're under that, you get that. I mean, there are certain things you can build in in that regard as opposed to the, hey, pay for, for looking at a website. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We've got a uh, major plan right now for a uh, set of NFTs, um, I guess we're going to call it right now, um, that essentially can be integrated into any site. Um, and it basically turns that site into a little mini game for the NFTs. Um, so that's another option to, uh, mm -hmm. to look at it not just adding the tokens themselves, but now you add non-fungible tokens to it where people can collect these things. And, and then now you're starting to attract the 17 different types of people that are inside of Splinterlands, right? So you've got the people that just enjoy the game. You've got the people that want to do nothing but stream it. You've got the people that focus everything on rentals. You've got the ones that do nothing but buy and sell. 
Um, and then you've got all these different groups of people. So the more groups of people that you can attract to any product, I mean, obviously you're going to get a much larger effective group in the long run. But other things to look at too would be not only just uh, Hive content articles would be somehow also integrating uh, like videos like from 3Speak or DTube mm. or whatever the current fashion of uh, Hive videos is. Uh, integrating that into it as well so people can watch videos whenever they want um, based off of their interest and their likes and everything that they do. And then just to hit on uh, like how we have a like and dislike button within the site itself, but there's also going to be the Hive-based like buttons, the upvotes, the downvotes, the comments, the replies, all those things are going to be there as well. So it'll be a functioning front end um, mm -hmm. where you can focus on discovering content and discovering different communities that are out there. So the goal would be to not have to go to hive.blog or peakd and just click on, well, what's currently looking good. Or uh, you look at your feed stuff. and even though you like an author, they write about three different topics and you only like one of them. You know, right. I, I, yeah. like, so, I like John's affiliate marketing stuff, but I, I think his bill stuff is absolutely asinine. Yeah. I mean, I've got people that I follow on uh, on Hive where I like their original articles, but then they started talking about bacon bread and stuff. And I was like, I could care less about this. I don't want to see this crap at all. So, yeah. Hmm. By just, the way, John, did the Bills win the other night? I don't know. I, I don't. I shall not say a word. No, just, I'm, I'm asking an honest question. Did the Bills win? Of course the they won. Okay. I didn't know. So they're. They're two and zero. Oh. They're two and zero, oh, man. Okay, now don't oh. mention the bills anymore during I the won't, show. I won't. Anyways, you'll just have to deal with my propaganda in your face yeah. for the next twenty minutes. Um, uh, yeah, wait, one, yeah. one thing, just to, sure, to just to carry on with that point. Um, now, you bring up a very good point because it's a front end, and and I'm thinking the only way I really in one of my accounts that I see content, the two ways I see content, and one account is I go through my feed. And the other account I go in on Leo Finance, I go through the recent list. And now you're talking where you're building a front end, essentially. You're building an app, but it's a front end where you access information based upon your likes. It pulls it up, whether you follow them or not, whether it's, it, it's, it's part of your feed or not. You can upvote them, yes, as part of the app, but you also can do your high base activities where you can upvote uh, the blog post itself or the video if you have that. Now, do you envision seeing, because this is going to pull up evergreen content also, which we know on Hive, it, it doesn't have that. Is there a way, do you envision building in where you can click and you say, pull up content that is include evergreen or exclude evergreen so I only get the new stuff that I can vote right now because I want to use my voting power. I mean, do you see that being built in? So initially, um, the way that it's going to work is it's only... Uh-oh, uh-oh. Can you hear me? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Okay. So initially, uh, that's the way that it's going to work. We're going to uh, add in a method or a way to look at uh, doing something similar to how Peak D does with tips um, so that you can basically vote older content as well. Uh, because since I started this project up, we have been indexing every single uh, Hive post that has happened. 
um, and they're all just sitting there ready to go. Um, so yeah, the goal is to add that evergreen stuff and add stuff that may, uh, you may not be able to vote on it now, but it's still relevant to you, even though it was written a hmm. year ago, two years ago, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, you're, you're talking content discovery more than just for the voting and, and for right. curation. You're, you're talking content discovery because I'm looking for stuff to read about this particular topic. Yeah, because you may find people that are starting up like, say, a Hive witness node or a Hive engine witness node, whereas the most recent or most reliable article hasn't been written for a year. Like it's mm -hmm. already that old. Um, but I still go back to the same four or five articles over and over again. Um, so that evergreen content, yeah, it absolutely has a place in there. Um, it's just figuring out the methodology on adding to it. So. All right. Well, that's one of the biggest things for me is, is, you know, referencing posts from years ago, because, you know, task, you and I talk about this all the time about like developing a portfolio of value on your hive journey. And some of the pieces of content that people say, Oh yeah, I read that. And you want to reference it again. Good luck trying to find it unless you have it bookmarked. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, unless you have this and it's thing your bookmarked. own stuff and you can't it's your own stuff. It, the, the search functions on hive is, leaves a lot to be desired. So something like this will help really, you know, allow you to even manage your own content and, and, you know, get it out there more too. So it can be mechanisms yeah, burning be tokens way, to promote. Is there going to be a way to go into your own content where maybe you put in your, your, your username and then a tag or something like that, or a, a keyword? I mean, it, it, do you think it'll go down to that degree? Um, it might, I'm not sure, but like, like at the end of the day, like we have to get it started and running and get a beta beta audience going and just yeah. at the end of the day, it's just, we'll see where that path leads us. Right. So. Now, one, one thing you mentioned and, and John hadn't mentioned this, uh, so he kept the secret, but you did mention the NFT gaming aspect uh, if you could, and I don't know if you want it out there or not, but what do you kind of envision with that? Is it just a collectible of these NFTs? Uh, is it something that you take the NFTs and they're going to be part of something bigger? Uh, what, what do you envision with that aspect of it? So the way that the NFT series will work, basically, right now, um, we see it as problematic for the regular Joe um, to create their own NFTs and do all these things without investing thousands of dollars. And then nobody cares about it. Um, he has to create value. He has to create the want, the need uh, from the people to be able to do this. So what we want to do is create a platform kind of similar to how Hive Engine did with the Hive in the second layer tokens. Um, so we want to do something similar to like second layer NFTs where Anybody can create their own NFT for a, a very small price. And again, the majority of uh, the projects that we do on Hive, we don't make money off of, right? So Hive Pay is 0.5% uh, transaction fees. And that's just to keep the server and database running. Um, so and the, the goal is to keep it as minimal as possible. We want to be able to pay a, an artist to create the imagery for the NFTs um, and then have those put on the database and hosted 
forever. And the user can define however many NFTs they want, um, however many can be issued, so forth and so on. Um, but give them a central place where people can find that they have NFTs and now they can go search for them and play the game. And I'm not going to give any details on the game. And when you say user, are you talking me or are you talking the web page owner or the, the token creator? I'm talking any single person that wants okay. to have their own set of NFTs with their name behind it. You could be a website owner. You could be a blogger. You could be an email marketer. You could be a water drinker. It doesn't really matter. So, so I, I would be able, in theory, to, to create my own series of NFTs, and they will be able to be incorporated into this game that you have in mind. Yep. Or, so, yep. so the game itself is kind of a, and I, I'll, I'll use the term open, it's kind of an open platform where anybody can create their own NFTs and then bring them into this game. As opposed to create like Splinterlands creates the game, but they create the NFTs and they push them out there on this. I can create my NFTs and come into the game and use my NFTs in some way, shape or form. Yep. And then you have the ability to um, issue however many NFTs that you want. You can sell them. You can give them away, whatever you want to do with it. What that also does is it creates a market within the game for people to buy and sell NFTs. So it's, uh, it's basically creating an, an entire ecosystem uh, around a game and the ability for anybody to have their own NFTs. It, it kind of reminds me of, remember those stories where it's like create your own ending where you, you, you have, you're reading a story and you have like eight different options of how you want to end the story choose and the path you can take. Man. Choose, What's your that? Own, choose your own adventure. Those yeah, the books, man. Yeah, to go through the door, turn to page 37. To turn left, turn to page 49. Yeah, so it, it seems like you guys are kind of doing that with this new ecosystem that you envision where it's like, okay, you create, I'll use Johnstorm, create your own adventure through NFTs. Yeah, uh, at the end of the day, uh, like John and I's and Eliana's mantra is to make Hive easier for the regular person. Um, and that's what we're trying to do. So we did that with HivePay with accepting fees. We did that with HivePay Swap. Um, we're trying to do that with listeners, with content discovery. Um, we've got this new content slash community discovery engine. Um, the NFTs are just an added piece to that, just to try and make knowing and understanding and learning about Hive and the blockchain as simple as possible. Because that's the goal at the end of the day is to get more people using it. Well, that that's you, you realize... And maybe it's because you're a user first, developer second. You realize one of the biggest challenges in crypto is ease of use. I mean, it, it's like we're still stuck in 1992 where everybody's entering, a, a, a you know, the actual HTTP URL in there and, and not going through a browser. It's like you got to use the, the true web address. And, uh, you know, I, I think that's the problem is we we have an industry that's just still much too technical and and hive is easier than many i mean just ask john about ethereum and how much he loves metamask uh, but it's still too technical when you start to talk about this stuff and how to find content i mean you know even those of us have been around we can't find the damn content yeah exactly and even though it's gotten a hundred times easier in the past four years it's still not easy overall um, so 
at the end of the day, our goal has always been to increase onboarding, help people understand and use the blockchain and all of its capabilities or use it in that one or two specific things that you want to use it for. So without getting too convoluted in the process. How, uh, if we step back a, a little bit, uh, obviously you you and, and John came to Hive and you, you saw Hive, you uh, obviously were... were were embracing of it. But with what's taking place, and I don't know if you had a chance to, to watch some of HiveFast uh, to, to see what Hobu and, and Block Trades are working on, but from what you, you are able to see with the development, from a development standpoint of things, what excites you and how do you rank Hive compared to your knowledge about what else is out there? And what do you see as some of the advantages to this ecosystem that, let, let's say, an Ethereum might be lacking? That is a great question. Mm. Uh, the biggest thing that I think Ethereum lacks is cheap transaction fees. And by cheap, I mean zero cost transaction mm -hmm. fees. Um, that is the biggest winner for Hive. Um, and as Ethereum, is it Ethereum that's starting to move towards proof of stake uh, now? Yeah, they did it last week. Yeah, yeah the so, merge. And then they're realizing like proof of stake can be real and it's good. And like Hive has been doing that for years now, right? And even before Hive, we had the other blockchain, which shall not be mentioned, um, that was doing proof of stake and doing all these things correctly in the best possible way. And now Ethereum is, I'd like to pretend that it's adapting from Hive and it's learning from Hive um, and becoming a better uh, Ethereum to grow up to be a good working blockchain adult at some point. But we're yeah, still well, the, away from that. The, the, the problem is they, they, they're starting to realize that Ethereum doesn't really resemble Hive. It remember, resembles the other blockchain with uh, Justin's on sock puppets uh, yeah. because there's a major centralization issue and evidently, uh, you know, like 80, 80% of the, the blocks are being uh, fed by one, one entity and, 45% of all the, the Ethereum staked is in two wallets and, and stuff like that. And, and of course, over there, their proof of stake, it, it's your chance of, I mean, if you have 80% of the stake, you got 80% chance of, of being the block producer. On Hive, you know, I don't care how much, how many votes block trades gets, block trades is only going to get the block once every 21, uh, blocks i mean because you know it's it's a rotation so that's really i mean you know being number one or being number 10 really there's no advantage as long as you're in consensus you get get the blocks uh consistently that's really where you know now all of a sudden i'm saying hive stands out even more because ethereum made the switch and look at how centralized it is which that doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with it because i thought it was going to be a banker chain anyway so um nothing's changing i mean wall street will come in and end up buying that sucker up but you know it, it just makes us stand out that says there's nobody really in control of this thing yeah i completely agree and again that's why i said maybe ethereum will grow up to be a good blockchain adult like hive is um, because we've got that true decentralization and it doesn't matter what your stake is. If you're in the top 20, you're in the, it doesn't matter if you're number one or number 19. It's the same yeah. at the end of the day. So 
Um, speaking of high witnesses, our witness ClickTrack Profit is number 56 on the witness list. Don't forget to uh, stake your hive and then vote for us. Shameless yep. self-promotion. Shameless self-promotion. Nothing wrong with that. You guys are producing applications and producing content and producing things and utility for people to, to actually apply and, and utilize. So uh, you guys have set up and taken the initiative to run a server to support the, the infrastructure of the chain and provide that. It's worthy of some votes if you haven't voted for CTP. Go go out and, and hit it. And you guys also run a couple high engine uh, nodes too, correct? Yep. Absolutely. We have the uh, this ClickTrack Profit node, which is our primary node. And then we have the CTP Lite node, which is a light version of the node. So it only keeps 30 days of history. So if you uh, have any, uh, John always confuses me because we get to questions on Friday and I can never, if you got a lot of B or worker B or whatever one Work, it is. Worker B tentative. Worker B tentative. Vote the Hive engine with your worker B. If you got any worker B, vote for their two Hive engines. They would appreciate it. Anything else that excites you, Blaine? Uh, yeah, outside of Hive Pay, the index, and the new uh, couple things, uh, the big thing that I'm working on right now is the new CTP or the CTP split, I guess we're going to call it, um, because ClickTrack Profit itself became an amalgamation of things that is just absolutely uncontrolled. Um, so we are simplifying it even further and splitting it into uh, multiple single-use uh, entities. Um, and I am about, we're probably like 80% or so on the new uh, CTP interface. I'm trying to find our timeline, but it was on our timeline. It's just been delayed. I mean, you know, it's 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 like you know, task. It's it's when Blaine was talking, I was like sitting there thinking of all the ideas and and things that we want to do it's astronomical it's just it's crazy because again it, carry, it carries you through 2027 oh for sure but it's like it, it it's it's what they call me dan always talks about it's what starkers always talks about it's what these guys that are like raving fans of hive always talking about this is a builder's blockchain like mm -hmm. this is what when me and blaine i remember it like it was yesterday reading the blue paper and white paper from the previous chain and the first thing blaine and i were like Oh my gosh, we could create a an online forum, put a token on it, and we could build a community here. Let's go. And this was five years ago. And when people get what they can do here, you're going to have a list of things you're going to want to do. And it's just now for us, it's prioritizing and getting it done and trying to keep Blaine as, as, as calm as possible so he doesn't smash keyboards. I, I think, John, to your point, what really drives that home for me is two 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 factors number one and, and this goes back to what blaine opened up with with the income token it, or excuse me the index token is i get the investor's dilemma when i get a little bit of, of money what do i do with it do i do i add more eddie do i add more hive do i add more leo do i add more polycub do i add more index do i what what do i do with it there are so many options you've talked about and we've talked about on friday where it's like you can throw in splinterlands and then you got a host of options within splinterlands so i get sbs do i get that do i buy more cards so i what do i get and then the other thing is that's the monetary aspect but the time 
where the hell do I spend my time? You know, do I go curate Leo Finance content? Do I curate CTP? Do I go use listeners? Do I go play Splinterlands? Do I go invest in Splinterlands and and, and learn all that? Where do I go? And there's only going to be, I mean, I'm, I, I've mentioned Blaine a number of times how on Leo Finance, I'm seeing more rising star posts. Of late, I'm starting to see more Hash Kings posts. I don't know what's going on with Hash Kings, but that's getting some love. So I don't know if they've done some updates or added some stuff to that that got people excited. And so now it's like, well, where the hell do I spend my time? Do I play Rising Star? Do I play Hash, Hash Kings? You know, what do I do? And that to me is from the time and the financial aspect, that is telling me the evolution of this blockchain. Oh yeah, it's just always evolving. There's always new things coming out, and everybody is always in the back room working on everything that they can. And I talk with the uh, the Hash Kings guys closely because they use HivePay solely for all of their transactions. Um, they are always trying to come up with something new or some sort of new way to get people to get into their system and start using everything and playing the game. So uh, yeah, evolution is always happening everything uh that is being built is absolutely amazing and from what i've seen and i i can't wait to see where this is going to go in five years ten years yeah uh one thing that i, I wanted to bring up and i i know you guys talk about leo fine everybody talks about it. outreach onboarding bringing people in i mean it's it's wonderful to have all this development and those of us who are in the ecosystem we have all these opportunities all these choices these great rois but we still from my perspective are lacking on bringing people in from the outside we got the twitter army they're very dedicated they're very consistent um but I don't know if really that's having too much of an impact especially since most of us are are shadow banned what do you see as the breakthrough to because we got a lot here block trades talks all the time about how they're scaling at high fest uh Ho even mentioned how they took the blockchain uh which i guess this is going to help your guys server your witness node um the blockchain from about 750 gigs down to 350 just rough estimates he wasn't sure of the numbers but anyway they they reduced the size of the blockchain uh the data by about 50 percent they were able to compress it what do you see as what what's the hook that's going to get us to break through to get people coming to this chain i mean it, it's like we seem to be really advancing on the development we seem to be advancing the opportunities we don't seem to be advancing in getting recognition getting people here is it is it that unease of use that is still our barrier? I don't necessarily think it's the ease of use or the ease of onboarding because again, onboarding today is a thousand times simpler than it was when yeah. I joined, when John joined, when you joined. Um, I think it's the content itself. And as we continue to evolve and expand, we have to understand that these large markets of people that absorb and take in this content are focused on the 10 second videos the simple 135 character posts and all of these other things that we have not completely adapted to within Hive itself. We have gotten blogging down to a T. We are absolute mint at blogging within Hive. We need to do better at finding people's blogs um, and indexing and searching and being able to find what we want to look for. So we're addressing that problem. 
Um, but we also need to look at things like that mimic or create a better Vine or TikTok or Instagram or Facebook or Meta or any of these other thousand social networks out there. Um, as we continue to build and evolve, once we start getting more in the simple content sectors, I think we're going to start seeing a lot more people come on. Yeah, I, 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 I get your point there, and that that's true. I mean, uh, I always felt when you look at the Internet and you're talking about long-form content, I, I mean, you're talking about maybe 5% of the Internet. I mean, most of the internet is, you know, here's a picture of my toe and they send it out or whatever. And uh, so that's where, you know, John and I have just drooled for two years over Project Blank and the opportunity to have a, a microblogging application coming on chain or, or at least tied to this ecosystem. Um, the, other, the other aspect is we have the financial arena. I mean, you know, what you're talking about, I've, I've summed up is, you know, Hive having a, a plate of or a, a menu of social media options. And I really think it's it's a marketing uh, package that you guys are building between long form content, between micro uh, blogging, between listeners, between this new application that you're talking. I mean, this is a way to really, you know, enhance as a content creator, the marketing and the promotion of your of your content. But aside from that, I'm a believer that Web3 is going to have DeFi interwoven into everything. So not only do you have social media, but you have finance interwoven through it all. So you really can target either end. You can say, okay, well, we're going to go after the microblogging, but you can also look at it as a stable coin like HPD. And as you've said a number of times, you talk about listeners, we've talked about this new app, but you also mentioned Hypex which is a, a financial tool. And so you're building out social media applications and, and social media stuff and marketing stuff and, and business building tools, but then you also have financial tool in high pay. I mean, that that's really where I think we have a lot of different directions to go and we can leverage all of them to help bring in people. Yeah, without a doubt. And a lot of these tools they overlap into every single sector. Like HivePay is a financial business tool. At the end of the day, John and I just wanted to be able to accept Hive and Hive Engine tokens. That's it. Like, let's do that. All right. So we built HivePay. And then we just, we wanted to be able to get Swap Hive for cheaper than what Hive Engine was offering it. So we built HivePay Swap. Um, at the end of the day, a lot of it is, is just stuff that we think would be cool uh, because we like the idea of it. So, and hopefully other people think it's cool as well. Well, I will tell you that new application, I'm even more excited now that you've explained uh, some of the parameters. So if you need an early, uh, early alpha tester, sign me up. I'll, uh, I'll press that button and, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I might turn into a degenerate on that. Like John, John's a degenerate on Splinterlands. He asks me about it almost every day. What's like that? I said, you ask me about it almost every day. I don't talk to you every day, you liar. Well, every third day. So. Well, oh, that's true. But now I don't have to ask you because Blaine explained it all. See, uh, now, we, now we see John or Blaine why John invited you on. It's just so you could bombard me with the, the information about this app so I'd shut up about it for two months. <laughs> 
and I'm but not now sure. I'm gonna now I'm gonna DM him every day and say, Hey, did you talk to Blaine? Is Blaine Cody is he working on that AI engine? Is I'll give you guys each other's contact information and you can bug each other. How about that? No, no we'll we'll use you as the intermediary. Perfect. I love it. Uh well, Blaine, uh, good to see you, man, even though um, I'll see you in uh, 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> thanks for coming at such short notice and, and uh, you know, diving into some of the development side of these crazy uh, community and tokens that we, we, we've got going here. So thanks, man, for coming by. We appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely. I always love the uh, the short notice uh, interviews uh, that John gives me. So it's always no, great. No preparation at all. Just right to the <laughs> Hey, it's one one of our our better shows of late. I think it just you know we just wing it and what comes up we talk about and a lot of lot of new and useful information in my opinion. And I I hope the listeners feel the same. There you go. Yeah, um, I mean we we're we're working on a lot of stuff. We're trying to get as much uh, done as possible. And John always asks in uh, in our uh, admin chat, "What can I do to help?" And I'm like, "Nothing," because you don't know any of this stuff. So. <laughs> But like at the end of the day, we're just I'm we're just three support. people trying to build all this cool stuff. Eliana's working on design. John's doing all the videos and all the content, and I'm making sure everything functions and works. Um, so, and now that I'm uh, full time here, um, we should start seeing stuff start uh, coming out much more frequently uh, than before. So, well, if you're if you're listening to this and you're not a true CTP or you're not somebody who's really involved in CTP, but you listen to Cryptomaniacs and you're on Hive, uh, put CTP on, on the list of things to watch. They got a lot of good stuff going. And uh, along with Speak Network and along with Leo Finance, uh, those are the three communities that I follow or the three development teams I follow or, and accounts because they're they're building stuff. And that's, that's what we need. There you go. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. And uh, we'll see you guys on uh, on Friday for our Q&A session. We have back-to-back Q&A sessions last week and this week. So that's exciting. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to make a prediction, John. I bet we get some Splinterlands questions on Friday. Dude, we didn't even mention Tower Defense goes on sale in like two hours from now. So just say you have no money. So stop. I have no money. I spend it all on riff watchers. I mean, so stop drooling. You have no money. I'm, I'm, look, no one's here to question Splinterlands brilliance when it comes to all this, but you think they'd spread it out a little. Everyone spent all their money last week on riff watchers. And now they got another thing to buy this week. It's like, it's for whales, man. Like us po folk, we can't, can't afford this stuff, man. You, you, you wanted a validator note too, didn't you? I wanted to validate no. Then I was like, well, you know, to eat for a month or, you know, <laughs> buy diapers, validate or no. You know, whatever. Anyways. Thanks for coming to the show. Toodles. Ciao. Thanks for listening to the Cryptomaniacs podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show and look forward to hanging out with you again next week. 